Being a new mom is hard. We get it. It's easy to feel alone, but we know that's never how God intended it. So we want to welcome you to The Motherhood. If you need professional parenting advice, clinically proven data, or study-based evidence, please let us know where to find it. Because here at The Motherhood, we focus on sharing experiences, offering encouragement and understanding, but most importantly, friendship. We're here to do motherhood together. and welcome back to The Motherhood. If you're new here, my name is Riley. And I'm Bethany. And we are talking all about our birth stories. We are kind of doing this a little bit differently than most of our episodes. Mm -hmm. Instead of one episode, we are going to hit you with all three in separate episodes, but posted on the same day. Mm -hmm. So if you are starting here with Archer's birth story, make sure you check out Indy and Ayla's because even though we are two people... Um, all three births were vastly different, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited about that specifically because, Bethany, you are the same person, so you've experienced two totally different very, situations. Very, different. And yet similar in some ways. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so make sure you check out all three, and without further ado, let's just hop into Mr. Archer's birth story. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, like, so excited to, like, just revisit it because it's been what, almost two and a half years for him, so. And I feel like it's, yeah, I was going to say, like, the girls are still fun to talk about because they're one, fair, but, like. Yeah, fairly recent. It's, like, memory lane for you with Yeah, Archer. I know, like, oh, yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of my story starts um, during pregnancy, so I had a fairly, I guess I could say, normal pregnancy um, up until about, I believe it was 37 weeks, so. Um, when I went in, or I guess it was my 36 week appointment, but when I went in for that appointment, they noticed that my blood pressure was high and that was the first time it had read high during my pregnancy. But that's not like super uncommon, right? Like, I, think... I don't think so. Um, but I know it can be a sign of things. So I know they definitely look into it. Right. But, but it's not like if you have high blood pressure, something is bound to yes, happen. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I think that's why they, yeah. And it's probably over like a certain number or level. I can't right. recall. I think maybe at that appointment, it was like 150 over something, which is just a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went in for that appointment, they noticed it was high. They had me like lay down on the bed during my appointment and they like checked it on my left arm or something they basically tried to measure that a different way other than me just like sitting in a chair it was like a fluke exactly exactly so I think the second time they took it it was more normal so they weren't like necessarily all that concerned um and then I think I went in then for my 37 week appointment and it was high again and so at that point what they decided to do is um get me into an ultrasound room to check my fluid levels and things like that. They did notice that my fluid was low. I can't remember the exact number numbers, um, but they were lower than they normally should be. So um, at that point, they kind of estimated or thought that I might have um, gestational hypertension, which I think is just like a high blood pressure Um, diagnosis within pregnancy Um, but they were like we definitely want to keep an eye on that and monitor it so they asked me to come in just a few days later to check on it again Um, and they kind of told me hey like we just want to make sure your fluid stays above a certain amount we want to keep an eye on your blood pressure and everything Um, at this point I was like kind of a little bit worried because I was like 
okay, like something, there might be something wrong. And I right. guess just the thought of that, you know, in a pregnancy or like, oh, Which no. is very scary too, because I know that you tried very hard to like stay active and eat well and do everything right, yes. you know? So it's yes. kind of like, it's not, but yeah. it's kind of like a slap in the face no. to be like, you're you're right and I'm glad you kind of brought that up because the pregnancy had been so kind of normal up into there and like you said I was trying to like be active and kind of right. take care of myself and I remember I in both my pregnancies actually but I tested positive for GBS too but I remember like even hearing that I was like wait what and it's like a normal common thing yes. that you mm-hmm. can't really control but right. like just to hear that something was like quote unquote wrong with my pregnancy right. I, I remember crying at even just that Anyways, but yes, it was kind of like, oh, like, I thought I was taking good care of myself. Like, why is this a thing? Anyways, when I came back for another checkup, they had found that my um, levels had dropped. My fluid levels had dropped again. Um, And so they did kind of like some fetal monitoring just to make sure that Archer was okay. Um, His heartbeat and everything sounded really good. Um, if I'm recalling correctly, they kind of sent me home, but asked me to come back for a third time, like more recent than Mm -hmm. a week. Um, cause they wanted to check on his growth to see if he had grown any, um, because they did take that ultrasound to look at my levels and everything too. So I think I came back just a few days later. Again, they're monitoring me closely at this point. Um, I think I'm 38 weeks by now. Um, but they saw that, again, my fluid levels had dropped, my blood pressure was still high, and they noticed that he hadn't grown any since my last checkup. So at this point, he's also not growing. And I know from my experience, low fluid, a big risk is slow growth. Yes, so. yes. So kind of the two are connected. Um, and so at this point, I'm talking with my OBGYN, and she tells me um, that I most likely, or that I do have preeclampsia, which is something I had never even heard of or, like, thought to research, didn't even really know it was a thing. But see, I have heard of that, and I don't know. The way it was presented to me was very scary. Yeah. So I don't know if I had a dramatic experience hearing that mm-hmm. or if, like, like I don't know yeah. if that person that was talking to me if it is as dramatic as they made it sound or yeah. not, but it can be, like, life-threatening, Yeah, right? I think it, it can be harmful to both the mother and the baby if, like, left untreated. Right. Um, and I know, I remember reading, like, for the mom, it can cause, like, possibly seizures, and, again, it's stunting the baby's growth. I know there are some other things involved in that. Um, I honestly didn't really look it up too much. I think part of me was just, that's like, scared good. to. No, that's so probably for the best. I don't necessarily know a lot of what the outcome could have been if gone untreated. But I, obviously my doctor told me, no, this is something where we don't want you to continue in pregnancy. When you're 38 weeks. Yes. Yes. And I mean, that's another praise in a sense was that it did come on later in my pregnancy. It wasn't until 37 weeks that my blood pressure started going up. And again, by 38, they were like, okay, I think we can't really wait any longer. Um, And again, he was not growing. So At my 38-week appointment, they said, again, he looks healthy and sounded healthy, but he's not growing and my fluid was dropping. And um, I guess I should kind of preface at this point, I was hoping to or planning to do an unmedicated birth, um, really only because I wanted 
in some like weird way, I truly just wanted to experience birth Mm -hmm. um, and to know what it felt like. My mom had um, four unmedicated births. Um, She got one epidural. So I was like, you know, my mom did it this way. I kind of, in a sense, like want to follow in her footsteps. I really just wanted to experience it. And I think I wanted like that, like kind of like hormone crazy bawling emotional moment where you like birth your child yeah and you lay it on your chest and it's just beautiful and messy and like I love that for you <laughs> but I very much wanted an epidural yeah. know, like I I'll be honest I mean I ended up having a c-section but like when I had a birth plan I planned like, on checking in and being like hi I'm Riley White Go ahead and send the anesthesiologist up. Want the epidural. Yes, yes, I know. And so, again, it was mostly just because I'm like, I just wanted to experience what it felt like. But I'm making light yeah, of it. Yes, that's awesome. I know, I and know. that's super, super cool. I, I know. Wish I could, wish I could do that, but that was just yeah. not... And you and our friend group and everyone was like super supportive of it and everything. So... Um, just circling back to that to preface that again up to this point, I was hoping to have like a spontaneous unmedicated birth. I had... Um, done a like natural birthing course online and I was prepping for this really didn't um, look at any other options in the sense of like induction or c-section I think I watched like a few courses on the chance of if you need to go into a c-section but was really just hoping to go spontaneous and unmedicated and can I cut you off right there for a second because I just feel like it's the perfect time to mention like it can be so hard to feel like your birth plan is ripped out from under you. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's a very vulnerable experience. And I think a lot of women want that hormonal and like empowering, yes. prideful yes. feeling of yes. like, we did it, we made it. And to have these plans and it not work out, like, I just want to say to everyone out there listening, like, yeah. it's okay to feel however you need to feel when these yeah. things happen. Yeah. Like, and I think it's okay to mourn, like yeah. kind of like mourn the plan that you couldn't have, but also things can work out better than you thought. Exactly. And like, you know, cliche and not to um, disregard your feelings, but I do think obviously God has a plan right. and there is beauty in the messed up plans in a sense too. Yep. But um, so at my 38 week appointment, doctor tells me at this point they need to induce me because it's no longer safe or beneficial for Archer to be on the inside. Um, so we're looking at induction at this point. And again, I'm kind of like, I don't even really know what that is. Like, what does that look like type of because thing? Because you hadn't prepared for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I think part, like I knew about people being induced and everything, but I didn't really know what the process like was. Like you weren't naive to it. It just yes. wasn't part of your plan. So you didn't like hone in on that particular research. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so... Um, Strangely enough, though, at the same time, I did feel like I kind of like felt at peace. And so they scheduled me for an an induction. I think it was like the next evening. Um, So it was kind of nice in that I had time to come home. Mm -hmm. I knew when I was going to the hospital, I could kind of plan. I could prep. I could make sure my bag was like completely packed. It was already packed at this point. But like, you know, I could just have time to kind of rest at home, prepare. Have a last meal just you and Josh, get the dog taken care of. Yes, yes. So that part of it was really nice. I did love knowing 
and like silly enough I was even like thinking about I was like okay so he's probably going to come on this day so I was thinking about like his birthday you right. know I'm like ooh how do those numbers sound together and everything anyways um so we went back home you know I called Josh told Josh called my parents the family kind of updated them all hey going to be going into an induction tomorrow they scheduled it for like 10 p.m. in the evening and so wait sorry sorry you good I know for those of you who are not familiar with their personal lives, <laughs> Bethany's parents are not local. Yes. But they live in different yes. states. So did your parents have time to come in? Yeah, that was kind of another thing. My parents had already planned whenever and however, you know, I went into labor and had the baby. They were planning to come and stay with us for a so week. That's kind of to a blessing out. too with the induction, yes, you know? Yes. And they're about eight hours away, so I guess if it was spontaneous, it would still be a matter of, hey, going into the hospital, but it could be anywhere from like five hours to 24 yeah, to 36, and, you but know. Not to spoil your story, I don't want to share your business, but you had a really fast first labor, so it's yes. probably for the best that it was induced because I don't know if they would have made it. Yeah. More on that later. <laughs> but yeah, so I was able to say, hey, we're going in. Most likely, you know, we would have the baby the next day. Here's when you can plan to come down. Um, anyways, we go home, kind of take a moment to ourselves. I even, oh, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. But at that 38-week appointment, my doctor did strip my membranes. I was like almost two centimeters dilated at that point, and like my cervix was pretty soft and um, was already starting to efface. So it was like good progress. It was good progress. Does that hurt? For me, it did not hurt. It was uncomfortable, but I compare it to like a um, pap smear. That's like what I was going to yes, say. Is like, yeah. How does it compare? Okay. It, it, I would say it's maybe just like a little bit more invasive and in pressure than a pap smear. I know for some people, they say it was like worse than labor. Hmm. For me, I... I bet it depends on where your body's at, though. That's you know? also very true. But she did... My doctor knew that I was hoping to go unmedicated, so she said, I can try to strip your membranes. I was still scheduled for an induction, but she said, we can try to get this thing going in Props hopes to that. that doctor. Yes, I love that. Yes, she did try to kind of help me out there, and I was more than okay with them doing that. <laughs> I just remember, though, in that appointment, again, she at this point has already told me I'm getting induced, but she was like, do you want me to strip your membranes? And I just remember in that moment thinking, oh my gosh, like, wait, if she does this, like, I could literally possibly go into labor, but also I'm about to have a baby anyways. <laughs> but like, I like hesitated. I was like, um, um, um. And she was like, I know you want this. I'm going to do it. And she did it. And in that circumstance, I was more than okay right. with it. Again, I was just like, had a freak out moment of like, right. holy crap, I'm about to have a baby. And it's this just could start your mind process. is literally blown and you yes. can't think straight. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So she did do that. We went home. Um, I was kind of like bouncing on the birth ball and everything while we were waiting to go to the hospital again, still just kind of trying to start things naturally for myself, if possible. Um, at 10 o'clock, we head to the hospital. And now I swear I was starting to have some small contractions. Mm -hmm. Like when we were waiting to like check in and everything. Again, I at this point didn't really know what a contraction felt like. But I do remember feeling like some tightening. And I was just kind of like walking around like, okay, I I noticed something. Like it was noticeable. And I remember even like looking at my watch and like they were fairly consistent. And now that you've had Ayla, you can probably look back on that I look back and I was like, I, I, I truly did think that the stripping of my membranes did start something. And so I kind of think that again, while we were waiting to check in, I think something was starting to happen. Um, and so by the time we actually get checked in and into the room, it was probably like 11 o'clock. Um, and at this point they are 
already getting me ready for like an IV and everything. I've changed into my hospital gown. My husband was getting ready to like, he had set up my diffuser with my essential oils and stuff I had planned. Was getting my playlist ready, all of the things. Was like trying to get comfortable. They're trying to get my IV in and at the same time take my blood pressure. And one of the nurses was like, okay, um hold off on the IV real quick because like your blood pressure is like really high and I just don't know if it's because you know they're trying to poke you and prod you a lot's and all going on stuff. exactly yeah. um and I think up until this point my blood pressure had maybe been like 160 over something um and so then they're like your blood pressure is like 180 over something so in oh literally in the matter of like a day it had gone yeah. from like 160 to 180 which I think is also like like stroke level or something crazy. And all this to say, I did not feel any different. I had no other symptoms of preeclampsia other than the high blood pressure. You can have like headaches, swelling, dizziness, seeing spots. I had nothing. Which is kind of scary. Yes. It, but at the same you time, had no like, idea. yeah. Other than the high blood pressure, I felt no different. Even when I was like in that hospital with 180 over something blood pressure. And you can't feel blood pressure. So like yeah, yeah. the one <laughs> symptom you had, you have I, no way yeah. of knowing you're experiencing without the doctor checking exactly. it. And so to make things even a little bit more crazier, at that point, they're like, hey, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have to put you on magnesium for labor, I guess because my blood pressure was that high. Mm -hmm. And at this point, it's severe preeclampsia. They said, you're going to be put on magnesium. You're not going to be able to get out of your hospital bed. You're going to have to be hooked up onto it. Like even after the baby's born, you basically just have to like sit in your hospital bed and labor. We're going to have to monitor you highly, more highly. And they said, oh, and by the way, you have to move to a different hospital. Because little did we know, at this hospital, um, they could only, like, see patients with a blood pressure up to 160. And since I was now considered high high risk, I had to go to a different hospital downtown where they could monitor me more. And so just a quick suggestion to you moms out there, if your blood pressure does start going up or even if you, like, have the chance of a high-risk pregnancy, check with the hospitals and see which ones can see you at whatever levels you are because if we had nobody mentioned that to us and if we had known that if there was a chance we were high high risk um we would have gone to that hospital in the first place and those are things that you don't know you don't know exactly we i didn't even think to look at like which hospital we should go if it was high risk and i and our doctor didn't really say anything about it because again i don't think she was like expecting me to shoot up to 180 but just a little nugget of information there so they were also like hey we're gonna get you hooked up and you're gonna have to ride an ambulance to the hospital while you're already hooked up to iv magnesium all of these things um and weirdly enough i just even in that moment still remember being like okay this is not what i wanted but i just remember feeling so much peace Mm -hmm. and i credit that to just like prayers and what you know, people were praying over us. We let my parents know and everything, hey, we're going to have to end up getting transferred. And I was like, yay, I get to ride in an ambulance. I've never (laughs) ridden in one of those before. I was joking with the people kind of just like, oh, like, do I get to have sirens? Like, is it like official? (laughs) Whatever. Speed in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. So they get me prepped. And um, I should also mention, I guess, sorry, that at this point, they've also started me on Pitocin. So I guess since I was already kind of starting to dilate and everything, they just went straight to Pitocin as soon as I checked into the hospital. Um, So I'm on Pitocin, magnesium, um, all the things getting loaded up into the ambulance. By the time, and this is 
in my mind, it's only probably been an hour since we got into the room and like they started the Pitocin. So this has to be like 12, 1230 that I'm getting loaded into the ambulance. And by the time I am in the ambulance, the contractions are starting. And I just remember being like strapped to the stretcher Mm. and the contractions were intense enough that like I had to like close my eyes and like all I could do was like curl my toes because like I couldn't move. I'm like, which is not part of your plan. No, you wanted to move. And I move. wanted to be able to walk around, do different positions, not literally all of these be things. strapped to a bed. Yes, and on magnesium, where I can't even get out of my bed. So as you can see, my plan is already starting to crumble. But I have to interrupt you right there yeah. because I am dying to know, and I don't think I ever will. What does a contraction feel like? Is it like an intense period cramp? Is it a pain unlike anything that you? have experienced before yeah it's it's honestly so hard to like explain I feel like most people say and probably the closest thing is like a period cramp but it's like almost like a like your muscles are tightening too and like squeezing and and cramping all at the same time so it's almost like a flex and a cramp and a pressure and I just really want to experience, yeah. like, not You do not and you a don't, lot, right? Not yeah. a lot. Yeah. I want to feel one for about 20 seconds. Just and to then... know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm strapped to the stretcher. They're asking me a few questions. And while they're asking me questions, again, the contractions are pretty frequent. Like, I had a few in the span of probably, like, a 20, 25-minute ambulance ride to the next hospital. But I just remember having to close my eyes and, like, trying to breathe, trying to relax my face and stuff. But at this point, I am already thinking, how am I going to do this? There's no way I'm going unmedicated. Um, and some people say with Pitocin or inductions, the uh, contractions are even more intense than if they were like natural. I can see that because it's so, forcing your body to do things. Yeah. So um, I, in my mind, I'm like, it was probably more intense than an actual like regular contraction, which I do believe it was because I experienced regular contractions in my second birth anyways but um so they're already starting I'm already starting to think and doubt myself and so we get to the hospital as I'm being wheeled through the room again I can just remember these contractions are probably already three to four minutes apart Mm -hmm. we get into the hospital room my husband had a ride in our car separately he joins me it felt like hours but once I got there they did check me and they said I was only three centimeters and at that point, I was like, okay, I think I want the epidural. I have to go to 10 and yeah. this is a 3? Yes, exactly, exactly. And again, I'm like, I can't get up out of my bed, so I literally just have to sit here. So it felt like a while for them to get the anesthesiologist in there. Um, and I just remember like curling over, hugging a pillow while they're trying to get the epidural in my back. Um, There's multiple doctors and nurses and whatever in the room. Um, and I remember while they were trying to give me the epidural, um, I was feeling pressure and like, almost like I wanted to like push or like, pardon my language, like poop. It was like that kind of like Mm -hmm. my language, like, sorry. Um, (laughs) um, but it was like that kind of pressure while they're trying to get this epidural in me. It takes a while to get in. Um, I start to feel some relief. I'm like laying down. I remember... I remember also once we got to the hospital, I remember feeling my water break um, and it was like, a, it was almost literally like a water balloon popped inside of me. Like it was like, I could like hear and feel like a pop. And then I felt leaking. I was like, nurse, I think my water just broke. And she's like, no, like sometimes you might just experience like some like 
pee or whatever and she checked and she's like oh no it did break it did don't break. you hate that though like, <laughs> like they I'm assume because sure. it's your first time you don't know what you're talking about and but i like... knew it wasn't i was like this is something um and my my hours and time are a little bit off but um i just remember like feeling the sensation to push while they're giving me the epidural um once they finish they check me again and the nurse checks and then she says i might need somebody else to come over here and look at this and i'm like what another nurse comes and checks me and they're like you're at 10 centimeters so and, okay wait how what's your guesstimation from epidural to now in my mind i'm like maybe at most an hour and a half if even wow i'm like there's no way that it could be that long so i think once my water broke again somehow i went from like a three to a ten in the span of maybe at most two hours but i think it had to be like an hour or so um, she was even like, I got to get someone else to look at this. Cause you were just at a three. How are right. you at a 10? Um, and so I get that epidural. I'm laying down. I'm still feeling a little bit, I think more pressure than I should. Cause my doctor comes in at this point, they're waiting for the doctor to get there. Cause right. she was like on call and they're like, wow, you're ready to push, but we're just waiting for the doctor to right. get here. Typically when you're at a three, you have a lot longer. To yes, go. exactly. Exactly. And, um, But the doctor gets there and she's like, I can tell you're still kind of like struggling through these contractions. Like, are you still feeling them? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So they up my epidural just a little bit more. And at that point, I'm like comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling a thing. Um, Just like I can barely even feel the contraction. I don't know when one's happening other than on looking on the screen or whatever. I'm super comfortable. I feel like I can finally like open my eyes and look at my husband and look at the doctor and look around because before then I just like had to shut my eyes and like be inside myself but then I'm like cracking jokes again I'm feeling so good anyways they're like you're ready to push it I push for about 40 minutes um with the help of the doctor and he was born I think gosh like it was like 408 in the morning so my labor was literally from like 11 to 4 so insane and first baby yeah it was five hours with the induction and everything Um, and when he got out, he was perfectly healthy. He was, um, five pounds, one ounce. So he was a little tiny again, because of the preeclampsia. Um, I had to stay on the magnesium and just be monitored a little bit more. Um, but truly like looking back when I'm just so thankful, he was healthy. I was healthy. Um, it took a while for my blood pressure to get kind of back to normal before we could go home. Um, but I look back and even though I wanted to go unmedicated, I think for that experience, again, a lot of that was hard because I wasn't able to get up and move around like mm-hmm. I had planned and do all of the things I had to get transported in an ambulance. And when, right when we got there, things were just so crazy getting set up. There wasn't even any time to like try to set up my diffuser again right. or do any of the things. It was just like so Literally chaotic. Literally nothing you had planned. Yeah. But again, I just felt so much peace during that, like piece again to the point where I was kind of able to make light about it like I wasn't like that upset um and I wasn't like I thought I would kind of in a sense be like disappointed in myself for not having made it not having made it unmedicated um but it truly that epidural allowed me to be so present Mm -hmm. once he was born and for that for that experience I think I was so glad that I was able to like be present and like be positive and making jokes while I'm pushing and like just like pushed him out didn't even feel a thing hardly and got to see him and I wouldn't say it was necessarily that hormonal messy glorious type of 
birth in a sense um, and moment that I expected, mm-hmm. but I was I was present and I was comfortable and was still just like so happy and so proud of myself. It's beautiful in its own way. Yes, yes. And looking back now, I'm also like, not that it matters, but I truly think while I was getting that epidural, I was like in transition. So mm-hmm. I was probably like seven centimeters and very close to like getting ready to push. Right. So I'm like, I was... I think I was almost there, but I, I wouldn't have known. And regardless, even if I was and had known that, it truly ended up being, for as crazy and chaotic as it was, it truly ended up being what it what I needed for that birth and for that time. So although it was unexpected and unplanned, it turned out to be exactly what I think I didn't know I needed. Right. And being able to be comfortable and have that epidural, I think, helped my blood pressure as well because mm-hmm. I was relaxed and comfortable and everything. So unplanned medicated birth high risk but still in the end praise the lord we were healthy and i truly rate it like a positive experience all in all i feel like it's funny because i feel like you hear so many like unintentional natural births Mm -hmm. where like people don't get to the hospital fast enough or for whatever reason they can't get an epidural or whatever you had an accidentally (laughs) medicated birth accidentally yeah but and i'm so glad that you got to have that not any way like what you planned but Mm -hmm. still a beautiful positive experience i do have one question you mentioned earlier that you tested positive for group b strep yes was there anything special that had to happen at the birth because of that or was it like why do they even test for that you know yeah yeah it's just like a bacteria that you have that i think like it's weird because it can you can have it for some pregnancies but not with others it's like super common but i guess it's just a bacteria that when the baby passes through the canal um the baby can get it so they have to monitor you for 24 hours after you give birth monitor so you and the baby yeah that it affects not and before. for most i know some i guess some hospitals treat it like as soon as they some hospitals test for it very early on and mm-hmm. then i think can give you medication during your pregnancy my case they said if you're at home and your water breaks you have to go into the hospital right away because you know, your water's broken and I guess because of bacteria. Yes, exactly, exactly. So they're like, we need to get you on the medicine right away. So obviously I was there and induced when that happened. Um, But afterwards they they have to monitor you for 24 hours before you can go home. I was just curious how that affected. Yeah, yeah. So groupy, strep positive and severe preeclampsia. Just adding to my repertoire. (laughs) (laughs) Your resume. Yes, yes. Um, and I will also be sharing Ayla's birth story, which is fairly different than my experience with it's Archer. It's very different. <laughs> um, so you can check that out as well, as well as Riley's planned C-section birth. So again, just a very different experience, but we're sharing it all. So make sure you check out all of the episodes. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing yeah, all that. I feel like yeah. it's going to be really helpful and comforting to a lot of people out there. So thanks so. for being vulnerable and sharing with us and everyone listening. Just make sure you check out the rest of the birth stories and we will yeah. see you in the next one. See ya. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to us, friend. If you felt encouraged by what you heard, please consider giving us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Unless you hated it, because like your mom always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And to officially join the motherhood, follow us on Instagram at themotherhood underscore moms. We always have ways to interact and we want to hear from you. Have a great week.